Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. We're going to talk about an organization's plan for handling crises. Everyone assumes, well, that'll never happen to them. You've got plans, you leave it on a shelf, and then the crisis occurs. Take, for example, perhaps a social media post from an unhappy employee. That could go viral across the internet. That could leave your company scrambling to sort of deal with damage limitation. Or even worse, your company gets roped into one of the larger geopolitical or social issues. Take, for example, Chelsea Football Club and how their Russian owner uh, is facing sanctions because of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. So when a crisis hits, businesses can have the greatest impact because how the organization acts and communicates can often determine the outcome. Maybe the crisis is not reversible, but it can be dealt with. Damage can be mitigated. Let's try and find out more about how brands and businesses handle crisis management right in this digital era. Andrew Nichols, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Karma Asia, is on the line with me. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Elliot. Good to be here. The digital age. Solutions and problems as well, especially when it comes to crisis. Let's talk a little bit about the evolution of crisis. Sure. I mean, a, a crisis can come in many forms. It could be external uh, or there can be in, internal factors that lead to a crisis, as you mentioned just, just now in your intro. And uh, it can range from something that's outside of the control of an organization to something that's well within their control. So at Karma, we support uh, PR and communications teams who are dealing with situations that present reputational risk to the organization. And that can range from a, a mildly disappointing customer experience leading to complaints on social media, as you said, to something far worse that could drive a major news event. Yeah. In your observation, do you think businesses take for granted the digital age and how fast a crisis can spread? Well, I think today's consumers are more mindful of transacting with, with businesses that they perceive to be ethical. And I think employees want to work for organizations that have a, a culture and a, and a purpose that, that resonates with them. Uh, but there's no doubt that the landscape from a communications perspective has evolved significantly. I mean, 60% of the world's population is now online. Uh, many of us are using social media in some form. And clearly, information is traveling faster and further than ever. Elon Musk the other day, uh, during the conversation about him potentially purchasing Twitter, yeah. was referring to that platform as the modern day town square. I mean, I think that's a good analogy for, for social media as a whole. And there are so many places now that a brand could be placed at risk or a discussion about an individual or an organization can take place in the digital realm. So the landscape, you know, creates challenges, but it's compounded also by a reality that a story doesn't necessarily need to be factual to gain traction. Clearly one outcome of the digital revolution, it's given the public at large greater opportunity to hold organizations and institutions to account. And bad actors are now far more likely to have their transgressions published and openly debated. So it's something that organizations certainly should be taking seriously. Yeah, but sometimes it's also people are a little bit over eager to hold companies uh, accountable. I mean, we'd like to think we can formulate some plan of control or prevention. Is there a way to build an early warning system in that sense? Absolutely. Well, firstly, 
you know, you've got to fight fire with fire. There's no way that you could keep track of all those different places I, I mentioned mm. uh, in the digital realm without using technology to gather that information. So firstly, you need a good media monitoring and social listening technology. That's essential. It's the foundation that underpins everything. But secondly, you also need to have someone reviewing that data on a regular basis. Uh, it's possible to set up automated alerts for things like sudden spikes in negative sentiment, but uh, often a potential crisis can be prevented further upstream if you're actually staying in touch with the data and you have uh, appropriate reporting. Okay. As far as a crisis plan, organizations do have crisis plans in place. What they generally do is they try to anticipate some of the scenarios that their organization may face. So, for example, uh, if you're a company that handles a, a large amount of personal data, then you might have a crisis plan in place for uh, a data breach type scenario where you'd be looking at what type of responses you might ha have available to you, even down to which spokespeople in your organization should lead that response, that kind of thing. But it should also include establishing as much as possible about what, what are the key themes uh, who are the advocates and detractors? What are the sentiment around those things? And that's where the type of data that we provide could support that process. Mm. You need to keep track of that data throughout. So how is that narrative evolving? How effective is your response? Uh, and finally, uh, we would always provide our clients with a, an in-depth report once the situation has normalized. So that would probably include some kind of stakeholder research to get a really comprehensive view of any reputational impact. Mm, it's, it's always good to be able to review some of the actions taken as well. I, I want to talk case study. I mean, personally, and, and really it's just a personal note, I think Chelsea Football Club in the UK and London have done a decent job with the sale of the club. Uh, the fact that their Russian owner had ties to Vladimir Putin in some ways. Uh, Roman Abramovich got some sympathy. For you, do you have a brand that perhaps you've worked with or, or a case study that you'd like to share with us? A company that's done well in managing a crisis? I think that's a pretty good example. I mean, I think if a crisis is brewing, you need to know the full extent of the situation. It might sure. not be as, as bad as you think. In most cases, uh, what I've seen from our clients, you know, who uh, may have a bad social media post, let's say, I mean, that's a more typical kind of case study. The, the individual reputational impact of a, of a bad social media post is in more uh, often than not is negligible. But that's where combining technology with human judgment is key. We need to look at the credibility of that author, the number and the type of followers that they have. Mm. The, the volume of engagement and the nature of the comments should be considered, you know, along with the content and sentiment of the post itself. You've also got to think about who, who your key audience is and what sort of goodwill you may have built up over time. So, you know, Chelsea clearly has a pretty hardcore uh, fan base. And I think you know, when you're dealing with an organization that has built up a reputation, then there is perhaps greater breadth to, to encounter crises and come out the other side, um, even if you haven't necessarily been handling them particularly well. You've described, you know, for a while in this conversation now, how technology is so important on the front of, of data gathering. Is there a need to 
to really understand how to read the data? Is it more than just, okay, in this region, I have supporters reacting this way or, 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 or I would look at certain age groups? Uh, how, how would I decipher all this information? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So there's a potential for data overload. And, and, and that's where I think, you know, the reality is you need both technology to do that heavy lifting, to gather together all of those different conversations. But you also need to have human analysis because that brings the critical thinking, the contextual understanding, organizational awareness, and that's how you actually get to the insight. So we would advocate for data to gather together the information, to do the heavy lifting, and then analysts who can actually look into that data and surface relevant insight. Mm. Uh, I'm on the line this morning with Andrew Nichols, who is Managing Director and Co-Founder of Karma Asia. We're talking about crisis management, uh, especially in the digital era, the modern way of dealing with crisis. And here's where it gets interesting or tricky, Andrew. I've noticed that there are companies when they're trying to deal with crisis, the management sort of keeps all the information to themselves. They don't openly speak with the staff. Maybe even they give very little information to the staff. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so this is internal communications and it's vital. Employees clearly are a key stakeholder group for any organisation. So they should be kept informed about key decisions and policies at all times. And there are lots of practical reasons for that to do with, you know, just better efficiency in the business. People are more engaged with what the company is doing, etc. But today's employees, I think, want to feel listened to mm-hmm. and that they have a voice and an opportunity to, to influence. Uh, I think if you get that right, ideally you'll have employees as advocates of your organization. Mm. If you get it wrong, then you're likely to trigger some negative feelings towards the company and ultimately that's going to lead to staff attrition. Mm. And on, on that last point that you brought up, is there a, a case to say that data and insights do assist businesses in terms of putting internal communication as a top priority? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're seeing more of our clients doing internal surveys, tracking engagement with things like internal town halls and and email communications to the staff. Also looking at things like employee advocacy on platforms like Glassdoor or on LinkedIn. But at the end of the day, the data is really, really useful to helping you make sense of that information and to put strategies in place. But at the end of the day, it's the basic policy decisions that influence institutional and individual behavior that I think are really uh, fundamental. Uh, The late Harold Burson, who was a major figure in the PR industry, Mm -hmm. he described PR practice as advising companies how to act, not just what to say. And I think that's just as important for internal uh, relationships uh, today as it is for the external appearance of the company. You know, if organizations fail to deliver on their promises, then the executives and the organization is going to lose credibility, both with employees and with external stakeholders as well. Mm, how to act and not just what to say. Andrew, I know we've talked a bit about data overload, um, but I do want to ask how uh, Karma Asia helps in terms of looking at the intelligence that's been gathered, because there are two areas that I'm looking at here. One is to ensure quality analysis for crisis management. The other is also to ensure that growth, that brand authority on it or an authenticity as well. What are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, the, I mean, the media is, I'm sure you'd agree, Elliot, the media is uh, an incredibly rich source of information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, media intelligence involves gathering data from a wide range of sources, so websites, newspapers, social media, TV and radio, uh, and then distilling that insight from it. So, for example, you know, what themes are contributing the most to corporate reputation? So when people talk about an organization, what are they actually referring to about that organization? Is there any third-party endorsement? How do perceptions of trust vary uh, across competitors or business lines? So are people talking about uh, technological innovation, for example? You know, what influences drive the most customer action? So it can be a wide range of things that we that we do when we really drill down into the data. But fundamentally, it all has to come back to um, what is that organization's objective? What market do they operate in? And what are they trying to achieve? For the more old-fashioned ones that are not quite on board the digital revolution, what would your advice be to them in getting started with with taking this data and intelligence seriously? Well, I think the first thing is to make sure that you just that you are doing some form of tracking. So you you know you might think I would advocate for working with a media intelligence supplier. But, you know, even smaller organizations, I think, should be taking notice of all of the free tools that exist out there. And there's, there's lots of them, actually, that you can do to start getting some data. Some data is, is better than none. Yeah. Yeah. I've been speaking with Andrew Nichols, who is Managing Director and Co-Founder for Karma Asia. Really appreciate your time this morning, Andrew. You take care and stay safe. Thanks, Elliot. Cheers. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.